And uh, he said, well, I thought it was a great waste of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy! You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. They build themselves as the greatest husband and wife shooting team in the world, and their feats of marksmanship were so great that Annie Oakley herself declared them the best she'd ever seen. This week we look at the story of Ad and Plinky, the famous Topper Wines. But first, what's your favorite Texas holiday tradition? Mine is the Fantasy of Lights in Wichita Falls, Texas, on the campus of Midwestern State University. When we were kids, when I was a kid, my parents, we'd go there every Christmas and drive through, and it's lights and, and, and everything. It's just amazing. So I have fond memories of that. Yeah. Well, lights. you never seen so many lights. <laughs> never seen so many lights. Um, now, I've kind of got two uh one would be the santa's village that's down there on highway six south of college station which i never actually went to but i've heard good things about and i'd like to go visit someday but it just occurred to me that there was another Mm -hmm. uh holiday event that um i always enjoyed immensely and that was the bio vista um boat parade christmas boat parade uh where my uh my great uncle and aunt lived down in Bio Vista, Texas, down there on the canal, and the neighborhood uh, would put together their own little parade of boats with uh, Christmas lights and Santa going by, and uh, I always remember going to see that as a kid, and that was a lot of fun. That sounds wonderfully Gulf Coast. Yes, very Gulf well, Coast. You know, I, I'm sure shrimp and crab were involved in some, some <laughs> form or fashion. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it real and say that uh, big tradition was just shooting off a bunch of fireworks in my grandparents' yard. <laughs> yeah, just kind of. I had that. I had my it. share of shooting Roman fireworks candles, shooting you know? as a child too. And yes, yeah, not that stuff you kids have today. I'm talking about <laughs> dangerous, dangerous 1980s fireworks. Yeah. Well, at least. Um, Half of everything that we bought at the fireworks stand were were duds. So um. <laughs> half were duds, and half almost blew up in your hand <laughs> because they had cheap fuses. It said with a ring of truth that Adolf Topperwine was literally born to shoot. He was born in the central Texas town of Bernie on October sixteenth, eighteen sixty nine, which is just a little outside of San Antonio, to a German-born gunsmith named Ferdinand Topperwind and his wife Johanna. Adolf, which he shortened later to add, moved with his family to Leon Springs near San Antonio, where he spent most of his early life. Ferdinand died when Ad was 13, and then he went to San Antonio, first working at a crockery shop, and then becoming a cartoonist for the San Antonio Express. At some point, he saw Wild West show featuring the shooting dentist, W.F. Doc Carter, and he was hooked. He began perfecting his own shooting talents that he learned from his father, and was soon wowing local crowds across central Texas. In 1889, he quit the newspaper and went to New York City to look for a vaudeville job with San Antonio theater manager George Walker. In New York City, Ad would later say, trick shooters were, quote, a dime a dozen. They rated, in his opinion, below banjo players and buck and wing dancers and only a mite above trained dog acts. Walker convinced an agent to accompany Ad to Coney Island, where the young Texan, quote, 
breeze through those gaudy shooting galleries with me busting every clay pipe, duck, and glass ball. The New York World even said the next day all the shooting galleries in the city closed in order to prevent Ad from repeating this feat. The agent was, understandably, impressed, and he signed Ad up to a contract, putting him quickly on the vaudeville circuit. So after a few years, Ad signed up with a Mexican touring circus, which he stayed with for eight years. In 1901, Topperwine signed a contract with the Winchester Repeating Arms Company as an exhibition publicity agent and sales representative. In those days, the firearms companies employed trick shooters as well as old-time lawmen and soldiers to publicize their firearms by touring the Wild West shows and circuses. The association would last for over 50 years. More importantly, though, his association with the Winchester Company would lead him to the love of his life and the greatest shot he ever knew. When he had started with Winchester, Ad was determined to learn everything he could about the company. He was visiting one of its factories in New Haven, Connecticut, and asked to be introduced to the operator of a cartridge-making machine. She was an 18-year-old Elizabeth Severty, a local girl who was completely unfamiliar with the use of ammunition that she'd been helping to make. Ad was immediately smitten. Within a year, the couple married, and Elizabeth moved to Texas to live with Ad's mother and sister, while Ad went out on tour as Winchester's exhibition shooter. Elizabeth had trouble adjusting to life in Texas, so to give her something to do, Ad decided to teach her to shoot. Despite the fact that she'd never even picked up a gun before, Elizabeth was a prodigy. She picked up shooting so quickly that Ad declared she was a natural. He even gave her a nickname during her training. During her early shooting lessons, she was shooting at tin cans, and after a few tries, she shot one, which made a plinking sound. Elizabeth exclaimed, I plinked it! and Ad would call her Plinky for the rest of her life. Within a few weeks, she was so good that she was shooting things balanced on Ad's hands or dangling from his lips. Like her husband, she learned to be equally proficient with shotgun, rifle, or handgun. Within a few months, the couple was traveling as a team, the famous Topperwines, though they didn't do so officially until 1904, shortly after the birth of their only child, Lawrence. That summer, they made their official debut as a team at the famous St. Louis World's Fair, where they had a six-month engagement. For the next 40 years, the couple traveled all over the world doing their performance. The early years were hard because Winchester wouldn't pay for Plinky's expenses, but eventually she gained her own sponsorship through American Powder Mills. Ad and Plinky both set numerous shooting records during their long careers. Plinky became the first woman in this country to qualify as a national marksman and was the first woman to break 100 straight targets at trap shooting. She also held the world endurance trap shooting record of 1,952 of 2,000 targets in 5 hours and 20 minutes. She won women's world championships, was the only female member of a national championship team, and set other individual records for both men and women, some of which still stand. Ad's records for shooting were equally impressive. In 1906, during a three-day exhibition, he made 19,999 hits out of 20,000 hand-thrown wooden blocks. His most amazing feat, though, occurred in San Antonio in 1907, when, during a 10-day period from December 13th to December 22nd, Ad Topperwine performed what the San Antonio Daily Express described as, quote, the greatest shooting exhibition ever given. Using three 1903 model Winchester 22 automatics, he fired at a total of 72,500 wood blocks 
and missed only nine during 68 and a half hours of target shooting. He shot so many bullets that he actually used up all the ammunition for sale in the entire city. An entire Texas city. <laughs> he used all of the ammunition that could be bought by civilians. Yeah. Now That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so the tops, as they were known, played fairs, conventions, and schools to fans that ranged from small-town farmers to the powerful elite. I'd love to tell a story that he once made notoriously taciturn President Calvin Coolidge laugh. Placing his rifle on the ground, he threw a couple of eggs into the air, took a run, turned a somersault, picked up his rifle, and broke the eggs before they hit the ground. At that, Coolidge threw up his arms, clapped his hands, and roared with laughter. An even greater compliment was paid by Plinky's more famous peer, the celebrated shooter Annie Oakley. She once said to Plinky, Mrs. Top, you're the greatest shot I've ever seen. It was said that the couple occasionally missed on purpose to heighten suspense, just as Houdini might prolong his escape struggles. People who saw them said that, quote, Ad would stop and kiss Plinky every time he missed. Plinky, who calls her husband daddy, would occasionally ask to cut a particular trick of hers from the act. He respected her and never asked why. Winchester brochures and Ad's reminiscence agree that the couple was equally talented, that he was better at some tricks while she excelled at others. People who knew them suspected that Plinky was actually a better natural shot than Ad was, but they never actually set up a head-to-head -head competition. It was a true partnership in every way. In later years, the Topper Wine set up a hunting shack called Casa La Meta in Leon Springs as a retreat between tours and as a gathering place for local shooters. They also used their expert targeting skills to become phenomenal bowlers and were highly popular around the San Antonio area. They never made much money, but they were both happy. Their son, Lawrence, was largely raised by his grandmother and aunt in Texas. He never seems to have inherited his parents' ability or passion for shooting, but curiously, he did inherit his father's skills as an artist. He spent 17 years as a cartoonist, reporter, and writer for the San Antonio Express, the newspaper his father had worked at all those years before. He died in 1940 at the age of 36 of alcoholic cirrhosis and liver disease, and sadly, his parents were on tour at the time he passed away. During World War II, Ad and Plinky toured military installations to raise morale for the troops. Their last tour was in 1943, which Plinky described as exhausting but pleasurable. Plinky died of a heart attack with her husband at her side in January of 1945. Ad was devastated and alone, but he kept going. He toured with Winchester until 1951 and then retired, still remaining an advisor with the company. For the next 11 years, he gave free lessons to children as well as professionals. A lifetime of shooting without ear protection had taken its hearing and glaucoma took his sight, but he still remained active until he died of heart disease in San Antonio in 1962 at the age of 93. He was buried next to his beloved Plinky at Mission Burial Park in San Antonio. After their deaths, Ad and Plinky were inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame as well as the Trap Shooting Hall of Fame. A Topper Wine Museum was opened in May of 1973 on the Lone Star Brewery grounds in San Antonio to house some of the memorabilia of the team's long years of marksmanship. And in late 1998, this gallery was moved to the Buckhorn Collection and the new site of the Buckhorn Saloon and Museum in downtown San Antonio. Today you can visit it and see firsthand the amazing life of the world's greatest shooting couple. From Texas. <laughs> That's a cool story. Yeah. 
It's a great story. It's one of those interesting vaudeville things of, oh man, like these these were celebrities, and this was what you know, kind of romantic love story, uh, you know, at the. Yeah, gun I, I can only imagine the uh, logistics and uh, reception of a traveling um, uh, trick shooting show would be <laughs> in this day and age. <laughs> Right. Well, well, when people think about this type of story, they th- they obviously think of Annie Get Your Gun and Howard Keel and and Betty Hutton saying, yeah. you know, anything you can do, I can do better. But you know, the relationship between Ad and Plinky was not like the the fictional relationship of of Frank Butler and <clears throat> and Annie Oakley. But the the fascinating thing to me is that Annie Oakley said, you know, you know, Plinky was the best shot she'd ever seen, and that's that's really high yep. praise. Right, and and they actually became um, pen pals, sent each other Christmas cards later. Yeah. Like if there was an, it was, I, you know, I get a feeling like these guys were really in this community and knew everybody knew everybody. Um, you know, I want to just put one little, probably my favorite detail of this whole thing, and I think when I told you this story, when I'd found out about the Topper wines, I, I told this Sean, uh, you know, Calvin Coolidge, Silent Cal. He did the trick with the eggs and made, you know, Coolidge excited and laughed. After the show, they met the president and he said, uh, you know, uh, what did you think of the, the show, sir? And uh, he said, well, I thought it was a great waste of eggs. <laughs> <laughs> because he was just yeah. dour right. like that. Just couldn't give you a smile. But he, I mean, like, there's a, there's all these crazy stories um, in the history of their lives of just what professionals and and these interesting coincidences yeah. uh I, I i can't even imagine having the kind of shooting talent that he had in terms of you know what they like shooting the buttons off each other's shirts and things like that it's just it's remarkable yeah and and you know they they became popular at a time when you know public entertainment there was no television. There was not even movies at the time, really. I mean, there was a little bit in different places, but not really much. So, like, they were celebrities in a time when there really weren't that many celebrities. I was reading some of the different things they got notices about and and, and newspaper clippings about, like, in the hard years when they were barnstorming in St. Louis or Kansas City or something, they got a story in the newspaper that that ad shot a rat in their hotel room, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a gigantic rat in their hotel room. He shot it and killed it. So, you know, it's, but it's just like the, the the there's there's a lot of there's a lot of neat articles on the web and stuff of like pictures of them and and art newspaper articles and clippings of them. So, you know, it's just it's just such a fun time in American history, and that they were Texans and he he came out of this German immigrant, German Texan background. Um, and really, like, he, he excelled. He became a national celebrity, and that's that's what's great about him. Agreed. He's great. So do yourself a favor. If you're uh, one of them fancy Hollywood types and you're looking for an interesting period piece to make about <laughs> love and romance at the end of a gun, this is your story. Yeah. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. Why not follow us individually, too? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. 
I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. We know you love the show. We know you love Texas. So get out there and do your duty. Tell your friends and please leave a review on iTunes because that really helps us out. And if you'd like to support the show financially, visit patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can become a member of the Come and Take It Nation. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. <laughs> <laughs>